Welcome to Imperfect Action with Brock Edwards, and today's guest is David Barreto. Uh, before we get much further, I, I want to remind you, please reach out, hit us up on, on Twitter, at Brock Edwards. Uh, of course, always looking forward to your comments on the website. And uh, actually, let's jump into it. So, David, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Why do I have you on the show, man? Uh, I am um, the co-host of the Stress Mastery Podcast. We've also done a lot of stuff together um, through events and things like that. But um, I am learning to be an entrepreneur. Um, I'm definitely going through the ropes now. Um, I am part owner of Living Right with Bill Courtright. Bill Courtright is uh, my partner, expert in stress and stress mastery. Um, And I handle all of the virtual experience aspect of it and a lot of the business development. So anything you see on social media, the creativity between the podcast, um, the way that the Facebook page runs, flows, graphics, things like that, um, I take control of all of that. Um, so I pretty much run as far as the the experience that you would get outside of events. Um, that's pretty much my side of it, bringing you the experience that you would get anytime you run through um, a course podcast, anything like that. All right. And what else do you have going on? I, you have a couple side businesses on top of that, don't you? Uh, yeah. So currently I'm um, one of the owners of Supplement Connections, which is a supplement company and uh, manufacturing company um, out of South Carolina. Um, I also do uh, podcasting um, for myself and other clients. And I do a lot of uh, graphic design and web design work as well. All right. And uh, when do you sleep in there? <laughs> uh, I, I definitely try to uh, get as much as I can, but with that schedule, you get what you get. All right. Yeah. So you, you're keeping up with, with three businesses. Uh, of course, I know Bill Courtright as well. In fact, he'll be a guest on the show. And uh, I imagine a, just keeping up with him would be a full-time job and a half. And then, then you're adding some stuff on the side there. Uh, and, and actually, it's kind of a wide variety of things. So, you know, there's some tie-in with you helping others out with their podcasts since, you know, you've got expertise in that from working with Bill. But then supplement company, you know, that's something totally different. And so how did you land on these businesses? What what was your journey to get to this kind of entrepreneurial stage? Uh, so it actually started with Bill. Um, when I graduated high school, I gave college a shot and I just really didn't feel college. Um, so I ended up dropping out and getting my certificates in uh, personal training and nutrition. Um, after that, uh, I went down to Miami where Bill had one of his uh, clinics there. And I was a wellness coach there for over a year and a half. When Bill decided that he wanted to leave the clinics and go towards um, really sharing some of the steps and you know the ways of mastering your stress and not just managing it and masking it. Um, he asked me to be uh, his partner in starting the company. So that's how I started that one with him. And going forth with that, we decided that um, we want to be able to give everybody the best quality of everything when they come into the company. So um, what I decided to do is partner up with another company um, to create supplements, manufacture supplements and sell supplements um, just for the customers and the clients that we were getting, we wanted them to still be able to receive the same uh, clinical and high quality supplements that they received inside a clinic uh, through us. Um, so that's kind of how that went 
around that way. And then as far as the web design and things, um, creating a podcast, I ended up kind of falling into it on accident. I was always creative. I loved graphic design in high school. And Bill asked me, he goes, hey, do you think you can make me a website? And I was like, um, maybe. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't have any experience or any background knowledge of it. And sure enough, within 30 days, I created the uh, website, which is www.livingrightwithbillcourtright.com. The same website you see today was the first website that I created with him. Ah, that, that's awesome. One of my mentors early on, I worked with him for a while, and I, I personally always like to have everything figured out before I say that I can do it. <laughs> and he w- he was like just the opposite. And so he was really good for me because we'd be in front of a client, you know, doing consulting work and be like, oh, yeah, we can do that. Right, Brock? I'd be like, um, sure, you seem confident, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of how it goes with me. Um, he definitely allowed me to fail by giving me tasks that I've never done before. And instead of saying, no, I can't do it, it's, hey, I'll give it a shot, try to figure it out. And if not, I'll ask somebody who I know can. And that's where I came to create a lot of the network experiences that I do have, because I'm not afraid to ask the experts, that's for sure. Uh, And, and, you know, in fact, that's where the name of this podcast comes from, you know, just imperfect action, dive in, get started. And one of the things I've noticed about the, the most successful people that I've met is they have actually no hesitation in asking questions. You know, it's like like the rest of us kind of, you know, don't want to appear dumb. And but the, the smartest, most successful people I've known, you know, they have no problems saying, well, tell me more about that. Yeah, I, I, I was working with somebody when we first started the first web design and I asked them, I was like, hey, I really enjoy your website. Do you mind, you know, having a sit down with me? And I didn't expect him to reply. And sure enough, he gave me two hours of his time and gave me all the experience and knowledge and things that I probably would have messed up um, right off the bat. And right before we ended the the call, he said, hey, just remember that everyone's going to make mistakes. You just want to make less. So ask the questions and learn from people who already made those mistakes and then keep going from there. So what is it about that that we don't want to ask for help? Um, I mean, and the reason I, I say this is uh, my experience has been just like that, that almost every single person I've reached out to for help has has not only given it to me, but has been glad to give it to me. And yet even then I find within myself going, yeah, but, you know, <laughs> I, I'll figure this one out myself. Yeah, um, it, it, it goes back to the lines of like a lot of stuff that uh, Bill and I teach when it comes down to the ego and you're you're living with these, you know, your your main state of vision is pride and asking questions is, is for most people a sign of weakness for me it's hey i'm willing to ask questions because i think it's for me i personally rather ask the questions and you know look weak in society or whoever's eyes than make a mistake that could have been easily avoided just by you know creating a connection and asking yeah and it's it's amazing when you when you do create those connections just where those lead to every now and then I just love to trace the relationships in my life back to where it started. And and it's always, um, it usually started with me just reaching out to someone. And then like, you know, the friend of the friend of the friend of the friend is the person who has this huge impact on my life. Yeah. Even, even when you go back to the way that, you know, we met, we were both, you know, attendees into an event and it comes out to be so much more when you go down the line and it, it just, snowball effects down down that road because everybody knows everybody now right yeah absolutely Uh, so 
you had said something earlier that that I wanted to kind of kind of jump on and talk about a little bit, and I am totally blanking on it right now. So <laughs> um, we'll, we'll jump on to something else here. Maybe I'll remember and it'll come back to me. So, well, actually, yeah, I remember what it was. So entrepreneur, you know, a lot of people want to be entrepreneurs. It's kind of glamorized today. Um, you know, I, I think of it as, you know, kind of the Instagram fabulous you know, a lot of attention gets put on it. Uh, in fact, I think the term has even changed to now it's, you know, your, your founder. And, but what for you, what has been kind of the gritty reality of it? The, the piece that people don't see that you wish they would knew about it when they go, oh, cool, you own your own business. Yeah, for me, I, it actually fell down to be the same thing that you exactly said. I remember being on Instagram one time, looking at somebody's page and it was entrepreneur this and entrepreneur that and I looked and it's basically somebody's like highlight reel and all you see is like man this is awesome like if I can make it I got it but the thing is like when I my, my family I'm the first entrepreneur Bill's my stepdad and everybody in my family police officers military uh, brother's gonna be a doctor sister's gonna be a nurse so everybody fits into that job for me it was that freedom and I figured out really quickly that if I wanted that freedom I had to give it up and work and work and work. And the biggest thing that I've, I've learned is that it's all on me. You know, I do have partners and I do have, you know, relationships that I can help and further me along, you know, processing within this business. But at the end of the day, it's you're getting up, you're putting in the work. And if you don't, it's, it's on you. Yeah. Now, if I recall, and um, you know, this just comes back to a, to a previous conversation that, that you and I had, had had, but you know, you had made some tough choices when deciding to kind of join on with with Bill. I mean, if I recall, it involved you know continuing on in, in a day job. Um, what what made you decide to do that? For me, it was it was really being able to be my own boss and not just for the title or the glamour of it. It was, I created my own freedom. Uh, when I was working in the clinics, I made quite a bit of money, um, monthly and it was awesome. I, I enjoyed what I was doing cause I was helping people. Um, the moment where it became about sales and pushing numbers and took the value and the, you know, the person out of the experience, that's when I lost, you know, interest in what I was doing. And the money is obviously, you know, a factor because everybody has to eat and everybody needs, you know, a roof over their head. But I realized that being able to do this and, you know, take a sacrifice and take a cut um, to continue to do something that fulfills, you know, my values. And I was able to inspire people while doing it. Um, that to me was worth more um, than making a, a big paycheck every month. Yeah, that's something that the, I don't think gets talked about enough, you know, just when making that transition that, uh, you know, often there is, you know, it, it's a pay cut. And, you know, it, that may mean working a, a day job somewhere else doing something that you probably wouldn't do otherwise to make sure you're paying the bills, which means you're effectively working, you know, two plus jobs. And um, you know, that that's just a tough road. And it, it there's not the glamour there that we, I think we normally think of when, when we think of it. And, and of course, you know, you've been doing it for a little while now. So, um, you know, you, I think you're starting to see the payoff a little bit from it. Yeah, for sure. When, when I left the clinic, um, I ended up leaving a job that was paying very well to build a company that wasn't making any money. Um, so for that, I went from, you know, being 
able to buy whatever I want to picking up a nine to five at Best Buy. And I had to keep that mindset in my head that, hey, I'm an entrepreneur. I own a business. Even though it's not making money yet, I own this business. I'm a part owner. You know, I have to keep that mindset. So as I was working at nine to five, I had to make those sacrifices uh, working at Best Buy, you know, nine to five, get their home, eat, shower, and then work on the business from six to 12, one o'clock in the morning uh, until I was able to, you know, do this full time. Uh, and that's one thing I think a lot of people miss out is like having an exit strategy, um, being able to make those sacrifices and know what sacrifices you're going to make and what's it going to take to eventually create that that value that you were looking for, for the reason what you made that sacrifice. Well, when you made that jump, what, what were some of the, the roadblocks or barriers that you experienced then, or maybe even you're, you're experiencing now as the business is more mature and a little further along? Uh, for me, the, the initial jump um, when I decided to leave the clinics um, was I had to move from Miami to Orlando. Um, so starting with, you know, little to no connections again, uh, starting into a nine to five, going back into that route. Um, the big roadblock that I had uh, was more mentally than anything, um, because I started to go back into the ways of, well, I have a job, I have a job. Um, and I started to lose that aspect of, you know, I'm a business owner. And I think that was one thing I had to overcome. Um, when I used to talk to people, uh, whether it be a car show, whether it be, you know, just meeting random, you know, friends, dinner, things like that. Uh, they would ask me what I do. And I was like, Oh, I work at Best Buy. But in reality, you know, Best Buy was just supporting me as I built the business. And I had to change that mindset, um, more than anything. Uh, and that's when I really started to progress much faster once that mindset changed. Hmm. You, you know, over the, the past year or so, because you guys have been doing your podcast for about a year and a half now, is that correct? Yeah, just over 420 some episodes. Okay, yeah. Uh, re relentless recording schedule, because you guys publish <laughs> daily. And, you know, one of the things I've noticed is just your interaction on the podcast. And, you know, it, it's one of my favorite podcasts. I enjoy listening to it. And it's been fun to kind of see your development. And it feels like over the past, you know, year, certainly the last six months or so, you've really started to come into your own there. And what what have you been doing differently? Or, or what is it, you know, personal development wise, that's been enabling you to, to really start to stand out more, to shine more? For me, personal development, you know, being around Bill um, and always having some type of personal development as my mom, like always did it when we were younger. Um, I never looked at it as a tool. I just looked at it as it was kind of part of my life. Um, the more that I started taking awareness that, Hey, if I grow like and work on myself, like the further that I'm pushing, I made it more of a point to use it as a tool more than just like, Oh, this is something I do every day. And I made it more of a priority. Um, to consciously say, hey, today I'm, I won't go to sleep until I read or I won't get uh, out of my room until I meditate or, you know, whatever the case may be as far as what I was doing for that day that required, you know, my level of personal development. And also as the business started to grow, um, I thought it was very unfair if I didn't grow as a person as well um, when my job is to raise awareness and, you know, create better opportunities for people um, through personal development. So, 
Uh, Bill's always working on himself. Um, all my partners that are in the company are dedicated to working on themselves. Um, so I, I figured I'd take the extra step and go even further past just it being my normal lifestyle um, to to practice. You know, it's it's almost practicing like an athlete. Like I relentlessly like go after it day in and day out. Mm. Nice. Well, so you develop, you're around people who developed, you're involved in companies that help people develop. What do you see as being some of the, the biggest barriers that people experience as they're trying to develop themselves? You know, whether it's people you've worked with, helped coach, uh, observed, where, where do we tend to get in our own way? I think for us, it's, uh, and for most of the people that I've coached, um, and even just clients that have come in and out of, of the business, um, it's definitely getting streamed into their problems. Um, that's, that seems to be the biggest thing. Uh, I have a client who was passed down for me from Bill and millionaire can lose $50,000 and not blink an eye. Then I also had clients where financially they were also in the same situation where they lose 10 bucks and it was the biggest thing. Um, it was just that perception of where you were at. Um, they got really stuck into whatever was happening and it was poor me, poor me, poor me instead of like, Hey, how can I fix this? Or why is this happening? And what can I do to make it better? Uh, it's just kind of like put them at a dead stop and say, yo, this is not fair versus like, how can I work through it? And that was something that, we really had discussed with them as far as like, why is your ego and why is your mind really holding you back? And what's, what's the underlying reason why you're having this problem. Um, and then once you can figure that out, they were able to push past whatever that problem was. Um, and then pretty much progress. It was like a slingshot. They got pulled back and pulled back. Once they figured it out, they propelled and they, it was, it was no longer an issue. So, it's almost like they find themselves after they find out what that problem is. Mm. Now I, I kind of assume, and I, I could be wrong. I assume wrong about many, many things, but that, you know, I assume people kind of know what their issue is, what their problem is. Um, you know, what, where, at least on the surface, they're getting stuck. You know, because people talk all the time about, well, I really shouldn't do this or I should be doing that. You know, um, they, they kind of know where where they're getting stuck. And, and, you know, by the time you get to be an adult, there's so many resources. You you've probably have most of life figured out or, or at least, you know, there's resources out there to go figure it out. So what is it that kind of releases that slingshot for them that propels them ahead? Yeah, like you said, most people know what their problem is. Whether it's money, they know how they act towards money. Uh, whether it's relationships, they know why they create or they damage relationships. Uh, especially health, most people know why they overeat, why they undereat, or why they drink, or why they smoke. Um, but the real thing is what started it, you know, what was the underlying reason for it. Uh, and that goes back to a lot. And you, like you said, once you have Bill on the show, he's going to talk about this a lot more. But when you when you go through the tribalization stage, it's it's all about your childhood. You know, it's it's what you saw your parents do with money. Uh, did you see them smoke? Did you see them overeat? Did you grow up in a household where the relationship wasn't you know the way that it should? Um, when you when you start to go back and find that problem, you sit with it and you find like what the emotion is and why you're having that certain reaction to it. 
it was about the reaction to the problem, not necessarily the problem. Um, that's the big thing. If you can realize like, Hey, I'm overreacting, you know, like when people say that, I think it's awesome when they say it, like, yeah, you're still reacting, but you're like overly doing it right now. I think every problem that you react to, you're overreacting. Um, you just have to figure out what that underlying issue is. And if you can find out why it's attached to such a strong emotion or why it's so, you know, it disables you from moving forward or you have a certain reaction to it. Uh, I think that's what's, you know, the most powerful for people instead of saying like, uh, I don't do well with money or well, why don't you do well with money? Or, um, I always sabotage my diet. Why, you know, find the why behind what your, your flaws are and what you believe your flaws are. Uh, and then that's how you can overcome them. So is there a, a typical client that you tend to deal with? Uh, I don't know if it's a typical demographic or people at a certain stage in life, or is it kind of all over the map? What do you tend to see? So it's been interesting for me. So as far as the clients that I've been working with in the beginning, it was a lot of um, older clients. Uh, and when I say older, older than me, I'm 25 now. So when I started with this, I was 23 um, at the time. and most of my clients are 45, 50, 55. Um, so I'm dealing with a lot of people who are, you know, double my age. Um, and it's interesting to see because I was able to grab hold of like a lot of these programs early and really involve myself with personal development to see how strong programs could be when they're, you know, twice my age. Um, and the typical client is entrepreneur, CEO, um, some high level executive, um, or just somebody who's really scrapping as much as they can to, to coach and really involve themselves. Um, so it's like a broad spectrum as far as now where I'm at now, I tend to get a lot of, uh, the millennials, um, 30, 35 year olds. And I think it's just based off of the perspective that I can give, um, it's a lot more relatable, but even then those are the go-getters, even if they're, you know, mechanics or police officers, those are the people who are literally seeking more for themselves and out of life. And it's not always necessarily just money. Uh, anybody who comes and becomes a client or, you know, uh, a follower or a fan of what we do, they're always seeking more um, than just what they're at now. They always want to further themselves and better themselves. And they always ask the how, how can I do this? How can I get better? Uh, and that how is basically the same reason why they can answer the why later down the road when they run into those problems. Well, you bring up an interesting thing there. So, you know, yeah, so you're 25, uh, involved in a couple of businesses, didn't finish college, you know, went a different route. How do you develop that that rapport, that credibility? And, and I ask, because anyone venturing into a new business is going to have, you know, some kind of aspect to it where they have to develop rapport and build credibility. And, you know, being half the age of someone who's struggling with some life issues, you know, I imagine it'd be easy for them to go, oh, come on, come on, David, you, you really know what you're talking about here? And, yeah, you know. I think that was my biggest issue in the beginning. Um, most people didn't want to listen to me. Uh, and it, I, I completely get it. If a 12 year old told me, I'd be like, Hey, you know what? And you deal with money issues. I would be like, seriously, like, what do you know, you know? And I think that's kind of like the same, you know, perspective that they had was, well, you literally can be my, my child. Why right. am I listening to you? 
Um, and as they started to go along with it, um, personal development, when it comes down to it, it's not necessarily the experience that a person has as far as going through life. It's the way that they're dealing with those experiences that, you know, that are coming their way. Um, just because they've seen a lot more than I have doesn't mean we don't have to deal with some of the same things. So, uh, I know what it is to be like completely broke trying to go to college and, you know, fun relationships and hobbies and things like that. And I also know how it is to have a great relationship with one when it's plentiful. Um, and that's some of the things that they would have to go through as well. Um, and sure they have probably more ups and downs, um, and things of that nature. But when they see the way that I've reacted and treated those situations, and then they treat it the same way and they realize like, Holy crap, like it's, it true is true. You know, the truth is only true if it's true for everyone. So if they go through it and they're like, wow, this, this kid was right. You know, what else is he right about? And I think at this point, a lot of times people don't question it um, just based off of, you know, like kind of like the rap sheet that I have now. I've, you know, the amount of clients that I've had, the success that I've had, and just people can see the growth and, you know, the way that I conduct myself as far as, you know, where I'm at spiritually and personal. Um, I think that stands out a lot, like a lot on its own. Um, but it was definitely hard. Um, definitely probably one of the biggest issues and uh, hurdles that I had to do in the beginning. Mm. So let, let me spin things around here a little bit, David. So, you know, on a lot of podcasts, you hear people ask the, ask the question, you know, what advice would you give your 20 year old self? Mm-hmm. Well, let, let me turn that a little bit. So you've worked with folks twice your age. Uh, what advice would you give your 40, 45 year old self? Um, I, I, I would give the advice of continue, you know, putting yourself first, being selfish and the, you know, the most positive way possible. Uh, you could only help others when you help yourself. So if I'm growing myself, um, then in turn, you know, I can help others. You can only help, uh, so many people from the level that you're at. Uh, I would say definitely prioritize personal development over anything. Um, because as far as you grow and you, you develop as a person, it's just going to further your progress in all, all life situations, whether it be career, health, finances, you know, relationships. Um, I think if, if I keep that, you know, mindset, um, when I do get, you know, to that age, I think I would have a lot less of these issues that a lot of these clients do have. Um, mm-hmm. and then I would definitely hire somebody who's half my age. Cause, uh, I think that would be very beneficial for a 40 year old David. Very good. Very good. Well, Hey, let me, let me ask this now. How could the listeners help you out? Is there any way, I mean, you know, there's a the magic of the internet, you know, you've got people all over the place listening. What are you working on where, where other people could help you? Um, I, I think the biggest way that a lot of the the listeners, you know, of your podcast and, and anybody who, who ends up hearing this can help us is, is work on themselves, listen to podcasts like this. Um, and also, you know, listen to, uh, podcasts like ours, the stress mastery podcast, and just share that, that knowledge, um, that working on yourself is, is growth for everybody around you. Um, uh, I think sharing that would be, you know, the biggest thing. And, 
also take advantage of of a lot of the free material that they have. We have a lot of free material on our website, um, and we have books, we have courses, we have video courses. Take advantage of that, and then share it with somebody. You know, don't just keep it for yourself. Don't just yeah, I'm just gonna go ahead and grow, 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 and then sound like you're almighty or you know you're very enlightened. Like where did this come from? Like oh, I woke up one day. Now share, you know, where you're when you're getting your knowledge from, um, and just pass it on with somebody, you know, help somebody else grow. Nice. And you guys have a big event coming up, correct? Yes, we do. So if anybody is um, you know, local to the South um Florida area or um in Florida in general, or if you'd like to take a trip, uh we have an event coming up um November third and fourth called Awaken Connection. Uh, we have seven different speakers coming in, and it's all about setting up your 2019. Uh, we want to give you all the tools and the experience from seven different speakers to set up your new year. Uh, we want to avoid having these New Year's resolutions that you set every year. And like I said in the beginning, everyone's going to make mistakes. You just want to make less. And coming to this event is an awesome opportunity to network. Um, with a bunch of professionals and like-minded people, especially within the um, crowd that's going to be there. Um, yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a great event. Excellent. Well, how do people find out about it, sign up for it, send you some money, show up? What what, what do they need to do? Uh, so if you go to uh, www.findingtheconnection.com, uh, all the information's there, the speakers, um, information about the the event itself. And also, if you just want to purchase tickets straight away, you go to eventbrite.com and put Awaken Connection Orlando. Uh, it'll take you right there. It also has information. Uh, there's two different tiers. If you want to be VIP, general, uh, all that information is there uh, as, as long as well with my email. Sorry, I can't even talk. Um, so if you have any questions, uh, whether it be the event or uh, the podcast that we have or anything I've said during this podcast as well. Excellent. So last question for you, David, how can people find you? Where, where are you at on the internet? So if you go to livingrightwithbillcourtright.com, um, it would be the easiest way to contact us. And you can also email me directly at david at livingrightwithbillcourtright.com. And then you could also check out the podcast, which is Stress Mastery Podcast. Um, you go through the app or stressmasterypodcast.com as well. All right. Excellent. Well, David, this has been tremendous fun. Really enjoyed having you on. Uh, so much to to learn, take away. You know, I'm amazed with how much you, you've accomplished over the past couple of years. I'm really excited to, to see where you go with this and, and how it grows over the next few. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm excited to see how many different times uh, our paths cross and see, you know, where we connect the dots to our future connections as well. Absolutely. All right. Thank you much. Hey, thank you for listening to Imperfect Action today. Let me know what your favorite takeaway was. What what are you going to take from the show and put into action in your life right now today to help you move forward? Hit me up in the comments or on Twitter. I'm dying to hear how is this show helping you to move forward? Now, one of the things I want to mention was that today's episode was brought to you by Nutrafit. Now, I tried Nutrafit's whey protein supplement after meeting the founder and hearing about his journey and his commitment to quality. I like to support up and coming businesses, so I gave it a try and I was really amazed at it. 
Now, I've had a lot of different protein drinks, but what made NutraFit different is one, that it mixes immediately, and also that the chocolate flavor actually tasted like chocolate. You know, so often they taste that like some kind of chemical engineering science project rather than just like food. And on top of that, NutraFit has no artificial sweeteners, colors, or preservatives. Plus, it includes probiotics, and I find it to be easy on the stomach. Now, the true taste test of it all is that my teenage daughter even likes it. She often has a shaker cup in the morning just on her way to school. Now, there are a lot of supplement brands on the market, but I do want to mention that NutraFit happens to be my personal favorite. And as a listener of Imperfect Action, you get 15% off of any order. When you're at checkout, after you've picked out your products, just use the code TAKEACTION. And that's written as one word, just take action at checkout. Now, my personal favorite, and I'm not trying to influence you here, but is the double chocolate whey protein. And you can order right on NutraFit's website. That's N-U-T-R-I-F-I-T-T. There's two T's in there. So NutraFit.net. And let me know what you think.